0: two ways to relieve tension if you think about it like a rubber band, right? If you're pulling the rubber band really tight, there's only two ways to relieve that tension. The first one is to let go completely. Just let go. The second way, the way I recommend, is to walk towards each other. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Reclamation Podcast. I'm excited to bring you today's episode where we dive into five lessons learned in five years leading a church. That's right, it's hard to believe, but I have now been at at Restoration or Son of United Methodist in various forms in the last five years. And if you've ever led anything and been a Christian and tried to walk in faith while leading in faith, I think there are some things that are just difficult in the process. And so today I want to dive into those things. If you find yourself oftentimes struggling to figure out what's next in your journey or how to take care of you while you're leading others, I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. And because it's just me all by myself, I'm going to be intentional about being as brief as possible, even though if you know me, you know, I can get a little winded, long winded so. Uh, You know, five years of being at this church, when my wife and I were called here, at the time it was Centerville United Methodist, we rebranded just about a year ago, if you don't know the story, but uh, to Restoration Church, when we got here, I had never been a lead pastor before. I was an associate pastor at a bigger church in northern Ohio and had learned so much. So when I came here, there were things that I thought I knew, and what I clicked quickly learned is that I don't really know much of anything <laughs> and anybody who's been in leadership is probably, that that probably rings true for for you as well. And so today I, I just want to share five simple lessons learned that still resonate today and um, have increased in the last five years. The first lesson is this, live in the tension, live in the tension. Uh, the best thing that I can do to illustrate this is tell a story. Um, about pews right because here at the church when we did our big rebranding one of the things we did was we raised a bunch of money and we brought in chairs and everyone wanted the chairs but no one wanted the pews to leave have you ever been there before where it's like oh my gosh i really want this but oh the cost is just going to be so great so there's a saying that i love called living in the tension and one of the things that i've had to learn as a leader is that it has to be okay It has to be okay for things to live in the tension because tension is where we grow. It's where we see God show up in mighty and powerful ways when we're wondering what's next and we're waiting for God to reveal that to us. We're living in the tension. You are probably living in the tension right now. That was the case for us when we switched from pews to chairs. Everybody wanted chairs. The chairs were more comfortable. The chairs were going to be easier to move. The chairs were going to offer us a lot of things But no one wanted to get rid of the pews because they had so much tension. I mean, so much history with them. And so we had to live into that tension. And as the leader, I have to kind of navigate us through that or or be a part of a team of people that navigate us through that tension and learn to just be okay. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. I have to say that to myself all the time. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. You don't have to be in control of everything all the time. I know as a leader, that feels so counterintuitive. But as a leader, the more that we can live in the tension, the more we, we are aware of the moment and, and the magnitude of the moment. Because that is true. It is true that, that tension is there and, and we live in it. And there's only two ways to relieve tension if you think about it like a rubber band, right? If you're pulling the rubber band really tight, there's only two ways to relieve that tension. The first one is to let go completely. Just let go. The second way, the way I recommend is to walk towards each other, walk towards each other. So that's the first lesson, live in the tension. The second lesson is one that follows the first one really closely and that's this, it has to be okay to grieve. This is not a lesson that I have learned well, especially in the first couple of years of the church, because I wanted to change so fast. I didn't under i didn't re- truly value the emotional magnitude of what my parishioners or what my church family was going through. Man, see, did you know that some of the people that have been at this church have been here y- longer than I've been alive? I'm 39 years old. Some of them have been members here for 50 some odd years, and here comes this kid from this big church trying to change everything. And and while they want change, and we live in that tension, like I mentioned before, the other thing that is real is grieving. We grieve the loss of what was, in hopes for what will be. We grieve the loss of what was, in hopes for what will be. And early on, and early on in this whole process, that um, I wasn't super respectful of the grief that needed to happen, that needed to be felt, the grieving that needed to occur so that people could get on board with the vision. Because, you know, I'm a hard charger, right? Like many of you, I'm sure. And I'm like, let's just take the hill. Let's just do it. Next thing is the best thing. But man, did I stop to think? And the answer was no, I didn't. I didn't stop to think about the emotional investment that some of the people had put into this church you know the, the countless hours the feelings and and yeah the church wasn't necessarily w- where they wanted it when when Karen and I came in in 2014 but it was still their church. We have to honor the feelings and be okay to grieve on a personal note too I I, I never understood how hard it would be to lose church members. You know, as a as a pastor, sometimes it's a it's an us and them kind of feeling sometimes, and and you kind of underestimate the importance and the value of the relationships as they occur. But but the moment that you're asked to celebrate the life of somebody who you loved dearly, even in just a, a short number of years, wow! You you have to give yourself permission to grieve as well, right? And and that's all part of that process. It's part of the process to. To kind of lean in and be, it's okay to grieve. So, so far out of the five lessons learned, we've done two. Number one, learn to live in the tension. And number two, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to grieve. The third lesson uh, is a saying that I love and it's an important lesson. And the lesson is, tell me more about that. It's kind of a question statement. It's not really a question grammatically. So for all of you grammar people, don't don't get upset. I, I know it's not really a question. But uh, tell me more about that is a statement that I have learned to lean into more in the last two years, three years than ever before. I, I learned it when I was at a, a personal growth seminar called Life Success Seminars and a guy by the name of S- Steve Sherwood and, and Mike Monahan, they both – kind of use this statement a lot, and, and the statement was, tell me more about that. When somebody gives you something to use, they tell you what's happening, and you're not exactly sure what's going on, if you say, tell me more about that, then what happens is you get to the next level of feeling and emotion. You get to the next level of understanding, you get to the, the next level of what's happening in the room, because the reality is, is you don't know what you don't know. So when somebody comes up to me and says, hey, uh, pastor, I don't want that anymore, um, I can say, okay, or I can say no, or I can say yes, or I can say, tell me more about that. And when I say, tell me more about that, what I'm doing is I'm giving them permission to share their story, and I can feel their story, and I can experience their story, and I can begin to understand and, and lean into their story, and, and as a leader, I'm at my best when i'm listening to what other people are saying i I know it sounds a little odd as i sit here and talk into a microphone but the truth is i am at my absolute best when i'm listening to the church family now they they don't always um that doesn't necessarily mean i have to act on what i'm listening on right that's that's not a true statement you can still listen and and still carry out the vision that you feel like god's given you but when you say questions like tell me more about that, or ask statements like, tell me more about that, what you're doing is you're listening and you're validating the relationship. Like, it's so much more. It's so much more than just hearing what people have to say and then making a quick decision. And I will tell you that when I first got to this church, I was the king of quick decisions. Some of it was good. Some of it was bad. Some of my biggest mistakes in the church is because I made a quick decision and didn't think about how it impacted the rest of the story That brings me to my third lesson. The third lesson that I think is so important is that uh, there's always time for transparency. There's always time for transparency. There's always time to stand in front of the people that you're leading and tell them exactly what's going on. What that means is, is that you can be honest about where you're at even if you don't know Where you're at. (laughs) And that happens to leaders sometimes, right? I mean it, it happens to all of us where you're like, I'm just a hot mess. I've been telling people for the last year that this church is a church in puberty. Because people come and they visit and they're like, Man, this is a great church, or like, oh, what where are you guys at? And I'm like, Well, we're not a big church, but we're not a small church either. We're we're kind of in that awkward stage and we smell bad and we need a good face wash. Right? There's always time for transparency. Tell people what you need to know. And this has been huge in trying to lead through this denominational stuff. If you're familiar, Methodism is is having theological differences over how they want to interpret scripture. And at the local church level, that means that there's a lot of things flying around that most people don't understand and don't have the time to even comprehend. So how do you try to lead through that? Well, the only way to lead through it is say, hey, this is this is a really sticky situation. We don't know what's going to happen. This is where we are, and we just have to be okay with that, right? That's that's being transparent. That's being transparent, and it's important and it's good. So, when you're transparent about what's happening in the church on, on things that you can, obviously you can't can't share things about staffing and that kind of jazz but if you're willing to always take the meeting if you're willing to always have the hard hard conversation if you're willing to always open up the books and show people what the deal is then you never have anything to hide so okay let's let's recap where we are the first one first lesson is to live in the tension the second lesson is that it's uh, okay to grieve the third lesson is tell me more about that the fourth lesson the one we just talked about is that there's always time for transparency and the fifth lesson probably the most important lesson of all is that the church doesn't need a savior the church doesn't need a savior i i don't know about you guys but sometimes i get uh righteously motivated where i'm like yeah this is what god's called me to and i gotta do it i gotta do it 100 percent." and da 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 and da 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 But man, I'm reminded, and i continually reminded by the important people in my life, Tony, the church does not need you to be its savior. It already has a savior, and that is Jesus Christ. So as a leader, that means that I can give myself permission to just be human. And I know somebody needs to hear that today. You can give yourself permission to be human and take care of yourself and take care of your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. I see a counselor every single month. I'm a big, big fan of that because for me, it's a place where I need to go to dump stuff. Right. Not only that, I try to go to the gym three to five times a week and I meet with a group of guys I confess my sins to called a band meeting and I do all of these things so that I can stay healthy, so that I can stay in my job because if you've seen the news, you know that it's so easy for pastors to fall, for leaders to fall, really. Like, we're all, you know, we're all one day away from making a bad decision that could all utterly change our lives. And yet, um, we oftentimes place these leaders, place, and I've even done it to myself, put myself on an unfair pedestal. If, if the lessons learned one through four are true, then the fifth one has to be true. The church doesn't need me to be its savior. It needs me to be its pastor, its leader. But man this church is going to be okay because it's God's church. And if we're carrying out the will of God, if we're making disciples, if we're leaning into people, then what what makes anyone, any leader, what makes me think that I'm better than that? I'm not better than what God put in Scripture for us to follow. I think if, if we could get to a place as leaders where we could take ourselves off the pedestal, and remind ourselves that we're just human beings. I think things would change drastically. So again, the, the five lessons that I've learned in five years, uh, live in the tension, number one. It's okay to grieve, number two. Tell me more about that is, is number three. And there's always time for transparency, number four, and the first, fifth one, is the church doesn't need a savior. And the five years that we've been at Restoration have been some of the most fruitful, incredible years of my life. I mean, I get up uh, every day and get in the word of God and I study it and I see God working in our community in similar ways that he worked in scripture, in similar ways that I've seen him work in incredible ministries And, and I'm blown away by what God is doing here. My hope is is that if, if you're out there today and you're listening to this and you're like, what am I learning as I lead or, or what am I learning as I walk in the faith? I hope that you'll see some of these patterns because I, I think they're scriptural, right? To live in the tension, to, to grieve, to, to hear somebody's story, to tell me more about that, to, to be transparent and, and to rely on Jesus. So again, I don't know where you are today. I don't know what you're going through, but I know that God, if you're open, will work in you and he'll work through you. If you're open, God will work in you and God will work through you. You just have to be willing to lean in to the lessons, lean in to the word, lean in to the message that God has for you. So thank you. Thank you for listening to some of my thoughts today. Thank you for uh, supporting the podcast and sharing it with friends and family. Thank you for uh, giving me the ability to continue to do this. And the audience is growing every single week. And I'm excited to continue to be on this journey with you. I'd love your feedback. I'd love to hear about what lessons you've learned. If you've Uh, have encountered some of these or maybe some of the other ones that you've kind of learned in your walk i I would love to hear that you can hit me up on instagram at twmilt or on facebook the reclamation podcast with tony miltenberger or as always you can hit me on my website uh at t or www.twmilt.com thank you all so much for taking the time to listen and to support and it is my hope and my prayer that you have an incredible day see you guys real soon